WP Talk, the Wealth Professional Podcast. Is something missing from your investment portfolio? Private assets represent 98% of companies in North America. With low correlation to public markets, their significant performance and diversification potential for portfolios reconstructed with private markets. Find out more at mckenzieinvestments.com. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees and expenses all may be associated with investment funds. Please read the prospectus before investing. Investment funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of WP Talk. I'm your host, James Burton, Managing Editor of Wealth Professional Canada. For this episode, it's my pleasure to welcome Vancouver-based Laurie Pinkowski, a Senior Portfolio Manager with Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, who now runs a very successful practice after interning with the firm at the tender age of 15 and becoming a licensed advisor at just 22. We start, however, by talking about her family roots, including her incredible Omar, still going strong at 102. Really, the reason that I kind of got into the business is, is for a few different things. And first, I was born into really an entrepreneurial type family. Um, my dad escaped East Germany, came to Canada with nothing, uh, and ended up being one of the largest uh, hair salon chain owners back in the 80s. And, uh, and then my mother was a successful and is still a real estate agent. And uh, my brother was already in finance. And so seeing uh, all those kind of different career options, and I knew I wanted to be in business. I mean, I started selling lemonade at the age of four. I had a uh, a hot dog stand. I was selling dandelions door knocking at the age of six, I think. Um, so I knew I was going to be in business. I just didn't know which path. Uh, but when I was 15 years old, I was given the opportunity to intern here at Canaccord. Uh, and definitely that is when my passion for this industry took off. Um, you know, when you mentioned my, my Oma, uh, again, being uh, German heritage, um, she turned 102 uh, just a few weeks ago. I know, amazing. She's an amazing woman, so positive about life. And, and really, you know, the affection I have for her and the sense of responsibility uh, is something that I really wanted to extend to, to all of my clients. And so, again, I think that's, uh, you know, why I often say I have a deep desire to protect all the omas and opas out there and that really started with her i uh, and and again so my family has had a big influence of of one why i got into the business uh but number two um you know the way i treat my clients the way i you know have a passion to educate the community i uh, it really all stems from uh from my family for sure yeah absolutely um so was it always finance i mean you mentioned there the business um, the entrepreneurial side of your family. There was obviously business inspiration. Um, obviously, you could have gone into all sorts of things business-wise, um, but wealth—that was—that was—that was always what kind of piqued your interest the most. 
Definitely. You know, so when I, you know, had that chance to intern uh, at su such a young age, I knew that I wanted to be a financial advisor at the age of 15. So I did everything in my power, uh, you know, to to achieve that goal. Um, and that's, you know, again, going to BCIT for the financial management program um, and uh, and becoming licensed and doing all the courses necessary to become licensed at the age of 22 as a as a financial advisor within the firm already uh, and building my business brick by brick. Yeah. So you spoke very eloquently there right, about your family. So I just want to you know, touch on that again. I mean, what, is it, if there was one thing that you, you, that you've taken from your parents and your Omar, what, what, what sort of life lesson has, has carried you through to this point? I think a, a very strong work ethic, um, uh, as, well, as well as having a passion for for something. And uh, you know, I was seeing at a young age uh, just you know how hard my family worked and um, and and what they did to even come to Canada. And you know, being a second generation uh, of a German immigrant, uh, to me, there is a lot that I've learned there. Um, and again, being so close to my Oma, I, you know, I actually learned German for her, basically, and went to uh, 10 years of night school. Uh, as a as a child and a teenager, every Monday and Thursday, four thirty, there I was at German school while everybody else was having a good time, um, you know. But uh, but I look back at it now, and again, that was you know um, uh, for my family, for my Oma, and again, you know, having that desire to achieve more, and uh, and again, looking forward uh, to becoming a financial advisor and creating that kind of platform for investors, for clients to feel safe. They can come to me about anything. Uh, and then again, educating the public. And that's how I really built my business. Yeah, okay. Um, so you had that very strong foundation uh, with your family. Um, some, obviously, some sounds like some incredibly inspirational figures there. Um, how do you get uh, become licensed at, at 22? I mean, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, you, you didn't waste any time. <laughs> I, I don't waste any time ever. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every day is a marathon. And, uh, and I love that. You know, I say, you know, the career that I've chosen is new and exciting every day. And again, it doesn't fit every personality, but it definitely fits mine. Uh, and my teams, I should say. And um, and so, yeah, so uh, becoming licensed at 22, again, is unique in itself and being a young woman uh, at, at that time. Um, you know, I was hired at, uh, at 21. I did the rookie program and that was in the year 2000. And uh, in 2001, I got licensed and, uh, and you know, started just as everybody else did at that time, you know, cold calling, uh, hosting presentations, you know, doing trade shows, all that, all those sorts of things uh, to really, you know, get out there, meet people and, and see what it's, what it was all about. And again, at that time, I was still managed uh, portfolios directly. I did use some external managers because I was new to the business, of course. Um, and, uh, and really, you know, had a, had a strong success uh, early on, just again, because of my, I think, strong uh, ethical stance on the financial industry. And I feel 
that a lot of people welcomed, uh, again, that ethical stance, but also that I was a very hard worker. I'd be going to their homes, you know, doing an analysis of their portfolio, doing investment plans. And, and I, again, at that time, I wasn't dealing with 30 year olds. I was dealing with still 60, 70, 80 year olds. And, and so a lot of people are surprised to learn that, you know, somebody who was retired would, you know, invest with somebody so young. But again, a lot of it is putting time into your clients. Um, and again, having insight uh, and, uh, you know, being proactive about managing their portfolios and communicating with people and people appreciate that. Yeah, you told me about the, your ethical stance. Maybe if you could just expand on that a little bit. I know, I know you talked about it already, but just explain what you mean when you say that. Yeah. So again, when I talk about ethics, I, you know, transparency, being upfront about fees, you know, my entire career, you know, I've talked a lot about whether it's, you know, in my, um, you know, written media or whether it's radio, talked a lot about mutual funds, especially back in the day when we, there was a lot of financial advisors uh, investing their clients back end load, if you remember all that. And they were collecting commission and the clients didn't know they were locked in. You know, I really, I say I built my career on outing financial advisors that were doing that because I felt so strongly about, you know, when people were trying to come to me and they're going, yeah, I didn't know I was locked in. I don't think I ever met one client uh, that knew that they were locked into a mutual fund and the advisor got a 5% commission back then. So, so, you know, again, bringing that to the forefront, you know, sparking change in the industry. Um, you know, I used to and continue to talk a lot about, um, you know, red flags in our industry on, on CKNW so that, uh, again, investors are aware and what they should be looking for and what, what they deserve from a good financial advisor as well. Right. And, you know, going back my 20 years, Years, I mean, the industry has changed a lot and it's been much better for the client today than it was 20 years ago. And I just love seeing things improve and continuing to improve. So you've obviously talked about your business uh, as it stands and the success you've had, but obviously a lot of that um, is down to your team. So tell me a bit about how you structured that and, and the people involved. Yeah, you know, my thought has always been to run my business like an investment firm within the firm. So, you know, we have client care specialists, uh, we have licensed financial advisors, uh, licensed financial planner, um, an analyst or someone who's following the markets, monitoring the portfolios and having that kind of team mentality is how we, we do what we do. Um, you know, how uh, I'm able to even be talking to you right now, you know, having uh, the rest of the team uh, really focus on, on client needs or, you know, if I have a meeting during market hours, having someone that's, you know, following what's going on. And, you know, a lot of um, financial advisors, it might be them and, you know, one assistant, but for myself, in order to provide the best service and portfolio management to clients, you know, I invest in my team. And I think that, uh, you know, most financial advisors should be looking at expanding their team, even during uh, down markets, right? That's when you need it most. And so looking at ahead and the growth of my business, it's just important that I have such a great team, which I do, they're amazing, uh, to support that growth. So and that's uh, my advice to a lot of advisors out there, build your team and, and build them well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm conscious that, you know, we talked about, you know, your start and, you know, perhaps some of your, your philosophy, um, but we haven't sort of, you know, before I go into some more questions, we haven't really talked about wh where you're at now. You know, tell me a bit about your practice now and, and, and what you've achieved uh, and sort of the current size and, and current sort of approach of, of your business. 
So again, my business focuses on those that are about to retire or are already retired. And that's really, you know, what I've specialized in for, for 20 plus years. And, you know, even though we provide a conservative active strategy, um, you know, it's important that clients can lean on us for all sorts of things besides just portfolio management. I think that's really important. You know, people are coming to us about, you know, the real estate market. Uh, they are, you know, asking advice about early inheritance, estate planning, wills, trusts, tax strategies, insurance, um, you know, and, and I really get to know people inside and out. You know, I want to know their pets' names. I want to know their kids' names. I want to know if they get along with all their kids' wives and husbands. <laughs> I get right in there. And uh, because I, not because I have to, because I want to. Like, I, I honestly find it super um, exciting to learn about everybody's unique family structure and how what makes people tick what are their goals in retirement and so so that's what I've based um, you know the foundation of my business on uh, providing uber service and proactive portfolio management and uh, we've built a business of 350 million uh, and continued um, you know to grow as uh, as we move forward and again I have a super strong team of seven uh, highly knowledgeable individuals. And uh, again, you can't do what I do alone. You need to have a team because again, if you want to provide uh, that really, you know, really good service to clients, as well as being truly active in your portfolio management and not buy and hold, which, which I, I, uh, I don't agree with, uh, then again, you need that team to support uh, that business model. And that's what I've got. And uh, I love mentoring young people uh, and promoting from within. And uh, so everybody believes the same as I do in terms of ethics, active management, and uh, exceeding client expectations. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I mean, well, I'm going to follow up on something you said there. You know, you don't believe in buy and hold. Maybe uh, you explain to, to our listeners what you mean by that. I mean, I, I think I have a good idea, but that's obviously a key part of, of what you offer. Yeah. You know, so I, I always say the strategy that a financial advisor has often comes from when they were, uh, in quotations, raised in the business, right? And so because I came right as the tech bubble was bursting, right, I saw, you know, a lot of clients and advisors around me kind of averaging down on Nortel till it went to zero and, you know, doing things that maybe um, didn't work out for them. And so my belief has always been sell your losers, hold your winners um, and, you know, make changes in the portfolios when you need to, because the environment continuously changes. I mean, look at the last six months. Uh, you can, you know, some advisors believe, you know, you just wait it out. Well, you know, that might be fine if you're younger or you're not taking an income. But, you know, if you're 60 years old plus, uh, you likely would prefer more active management. You don't want to see your portfolio down 30 or 40% in any given year when the index is down that much. And so, again, uh, I believe in raising cash when needed, sitting on the sidelines uh, with a certain portion of the portfolio having cash on hand in order to buy equities at a lower price during a correction or crash. And again, that uh, active management provides peace of mind for clients, but also gets us back to where we want to be uh, a lot sooner than if we just sit on our hands uh, and do nothing. So again, that's been my strategy and it's, it's because of when I started in the business and I've adhered to a very active strategy since, uh, since the year 2001 and I'm going to continue to do so. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I wonder, you know, when you look back at the type of advisor you were when you were 22 and then the type of advisor you are now with, with that business, um, how have you changed? I think the foundation of what I believe in has not changed, but the efficiency of what I do or the processes of what my team does has definitely changed um, in that, you know, we have better software, we have better programs, whether it's for financial plans or whether it is for trading, um, you know, and bulk trading on these portfolios. Also, you know, when you start your financial advisor, and I was a financial advisor, um, uh, really up until 2009. And then I got licensed as a portfolio manager, which again is, um, you know, I'm able to make the day-to-day decisions for all of our clients. And we run a 100% really discretionary business uh, model. And to me, that's, again, the most efficient way to to do what clients want you to do is to act quickly on their behalf when markets are moving higher or lower. And, uh, and so that's, uh, again, from being a portfolio manager from 2009, that's how the business has changed for, for us. Because, again, when you think about calling, you know, 50 or 100 people to buy or sell a position, it would be very difficult to be as active as we are today uh, if I only had the license to be a, a financial advisor, investment advisor. So, again, uh, that's how my business has changed. But even the financial planning, like I always did financial plans back then or had somebody within the firm or on my team, and uh, I continue to do that. Every client that comes on board uh, will have a financial plan, and we're going to make sure – um, you know, all their I's are dotted and T's are crossed in terms of wills and having power of attorney, even though we can't do them ourselves. We're happy to refer them to uh, knowledgeable lawyers or um, accountants if needed, that sort of thing. So again, yeah, going the extra mile, uh, that's always been in my business model since day one. But the efficiency and processes have definitely improved in, in the industry, not just for me uh, in the past 20 years. What, um, you know, again, looking back to then and now, you know, how hard was it to be a, a woman in wealth management, especially a, uh, obviously a very principled one, an ambitious one, uh, like you clearly are? Mm-hmm. I get that question a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, coming into the industry where it was a room full of men was a bit intimidating, but maybe just at the very beginning, you know, my experience has actually been quite good. Um, you know, and, and I'm happy to talk about that. You know, I found most men, um, to be actually quite encouraging of, of myself and my achievements. And, I uh, and I even had, you know, a male that was a mentor uh, to me at the very beginning. And so, so, you know, I, I've had a good experience. I always think of myself more as a person in business and a woman in business, but I do understand the difference in men and women. And I, do think men want more women in the industry. They like that balance in the workplace. Um, you know, it's it's not an old boys club anymore. There's lots of women in the business. I think what we have to do is encourage young women to get licensed, become financial advisors within a team so that they can grow and stay in their career. Uh, and also know that, you know, you can have children and you can be a financial advisor, you know, that works, right? Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of people think that, you know, 
well, the stock market's always moving. How would, again, when I had my son, you know, I really didn't take any time off and, but I had a good team to support that. And, uh, and, you know, so that's how, how life goes. I mean, you'll find a way. And I think, again, more women in the business is, is, is great. Uh, but again, I think promoting from within, mentoring young women and encouraging them uh, that uh, they can do just as I have at a young age. So, you know, age and, gender are, are just a thing, right? And, you know, I've always been very confident that I could provide what clients needed. So again, at 22 years old, uh, or 43 years old, I still have the same confidence. And, uh, and like I said, I think uh, more women in the business is great. Uh, and I think that men are encouraging that. And, uh, and that's what I've seen so far in, in my career. So looking at sort of the current environment now, Laurie, um, you know, what, What's been top of mind for you? I mean, it's been a tricky year to say the least, but what's, what's, what's been, um, you know, top of your sort of, uh, to do list, I guess, in terms of the challenges <laughs> of this current environment? Yeah. You know, I always say, and I just did a conference call for clients, you know, when markets were kind of bottoming out there in June. And, you know, I always say this problem that we're going through right now, inflation and, uh, interest rates and uh, all supply chain issues, all those sorts of things. It's a problem for now. It's not the problem forever, right? I mean, the world of the markets get over everything. And three years from now, we'll have a whole nother problem. You'll forget about this one. Um, but in terms of this year, obviously, inflation has been the, the biggest concern. And, uh, and uh, you know, high inflation affects consumers, it affects companies. And so, again, that's been one of the challenges. Uh, you know, my opinion, we've seen peak inflation and hopefully we'll continue to see it move move lower uh, in fall. And, and then we have a less aggressive Fed. I mean, that's what we all hope. Yeah. Um, you know, other other challenges, I would say, going forward, the real estate market. And again, because my mom's a realtor and because my family has bought and sold a lot of real estate as well as myself, and I report on it all the time on the radio, uh, I just have a kind of a deeper connection to what's going on there. And, uh, you know, it is concerning when they've raised rates as much as they have and, you know, mortgages have doubled basically uh, in terms of rates and, uh, you know, how is that going to affect, um, you know, buyers and investors and, and so on. And so uh, that's, I think, a challenge, not tomorrow necessarily, but for the economy, definitely in six to 12 months, uh, if they continue on this upwards path of interest rates. And, and the other, the other kind of, yeah, challenge or not challenge, but is a post-COVID era for retirees. Um, you know, I have a, on my podcast, Ready, Set, Retire, I uh, I just interviewed, you know, um, somebody that owns a, a cruise agency. Uh, and I think it's important that retirees kind of get back out there and travel and live the dreams they always wanted to to live. And I think that's been difficult for some. And again, I mean, we know COVID is still around and it's still a risk, but, um, you know, I've talked to many retirees, you know, I have a client who's 96 and his wife is uh, maybe a couple of years younger and they booked a cruise in Europe. <laughs> so yeah, so nice. people, people are going out there, right? And, and so I just, I'm passionate about having a happy retirement. Um, again, this probably stems from my Oma because she's uh, the happiest woman I, I know. And, uh, and again, so when you have those goals and dreams, I just want to promote people, you know, going out and, and living life and, and being safe while doing it. But again, uh, getting back to some sort of normal um, as retirement uh, is, a, is supposed to be a fun stage in life. And, you know, it was put on hold for a few years and it's time to get going again. I have to also ask you about your radio show. I, I'm, I'm intrigued 
you know how obviously it sounds like a lot of fun and you, and you speak very well so you sound a natural fit um how does that sort of uh impact your business i mean do you have you found your profile raised yeah you know i i started the uh weekly live show making sense of the markets uh in 2009 so about 13 years ago i've done almost 700 live shows uh, and, and before that, you know, I start, I was writing for the North Shore News. I had a regular column in uh, in one of the papers here in North and West Vancouver. And uh, so that, along with other branding, I used to, again host a lot of events. You know, it built that brand of you know retirement expert basically uh, over the years. So it's not just the radio show; it's everything that I've done. And again, all of this has to do with educating the public, which I've said, you know, that's my passion. It's, yeah, you're right. It's fun to to do the radio, to express my opinions on air. Uh, but also, like I said, protecting the omas and opas out there. That's that's my goal and uh, making sure that they can make informed decisions. And so it's not just an update on markets, but we talk a lot about, again, estate planning and, and tax. And, you know, we're talking about kids going back to school, RESPs, you know, things like that. You know, these are um you know topics that uh the listeners want to want to hear about so whether it's my podcast the radio um you know writing various publications things like that uh you know that's why i've had such a strong brand uh in vancouver uh and in bc really and it's again bringing awareness and and educating the public um obviously um you're with canaccord um we've reported a lot over um, the last few years, about you know the the some some quite kind of um, big moves to independent um, firms. What does working for an independent sort of mean for you, and, and you know how do you see um, their position in the industry? Yeah, you know I've been with two firms throughout my career, both of which were independent. Uh, you know, I've always personally felt more comfortable with an independent firm because they're, it's a more entrepreneurial type environment. Um, you know, I, I appreciate independent firms over the banks because, you know, I like to be able to kind of provide that independent advice. Um, you know, we don't have any kind of products that are Canaccord based where the banks have a lot of, you know, they have their own GICs, they have their own mutual funds. And I never wanted to, not to say that they do, I never want to be pushed or, or, you know, I guess, uh, what would be the right word? Uh, I never wanted to feel like I had to um, have clients invest in their products. So so that is not a problem here, right, at, at an independent firm. And, you know, Canaccord's move to bring in a lot of great talent of so many high-quality financial advisors or teams uh, the past few years has been just amazing. And so, you know, I, I was excited to to come back here because, again, it's a, it's a place that I want to be. You're excited to, you know, come to the office every day and, you know, work amongst the best in the industry. And I think Canaccord's done a great part uh, in, in creating that sort of environment with the mentality that clients come first, truly come first. And so my thought on independent firms is, you know, that's that's where I've always been. That's where I'm going to stay. And uh, and I love being at Canaccord. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing your story, Laurie. I mean, just one final question, really. What's what's next for you? What, what's 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 on the horizon? Well, uh, yeah, my main goal is always to grow and develop the business, um, which, again, uh, means providing Uber service and active portfolio strategies for clients. You know, I also set out to 
be a mentor for my younger team members and help them grow and develop their skills, I think is really important. Um, you know, I also keep pushing the boundaries in the financial industry towards more ethical practices and transparency. And a large part of that comes from, again, you know, keeping, you know, the community and investors up to date, but also educating uh, them on proper practices within the industry so that they can excel, uh, you know, in their portfolio and their retirement and all these different stages of life, you know, it, Clients deserve uh, the best and us as financial advisors, portfolio managers, we need to maintain a high ethical standard uh, and, and knowledge so that we can provide all of that to our clients. Thanks for joining us for this episode of WP Talk and a huge thank you to Laurie for her insights and for telling us her career story. For more WP Talk episodes, go to wealthprofessional.ca, click on the resources tab and select WP Talk. The site also includes all the latest news and views from the industry. And if you haven't already, feel free to sign up to our daily newsletter. I'm James Burton. Until next time.